up in the spare room here at Wellspring and uh, leaning into Able, mm -hmm. and we're talking about bless, and specifically we're talking about justice yeah, and mercy. For sure. Uh, let's try and sort of situate that in the scriptures. Yeah, for sure. I just think for us and thinking about the storyline of scripture. Let me guess. Genesis one. <laughs> totally right. So I mean, Genesis one and two. God creates a good and just world. Yeah. Right. There's no sin. There's no disease. There's no injustice. Yeah. And God is depicted as this just and generous God who invites humans and calls them made in his image to rule on his behalf. Mm -hmm. And again, to carry out his mission and his character yeah. uh, out in the world. Yeah. In particular, that phrase made in the image of God is really crucial and key to this discussion because mm -hmm. what that means among other things is that each human being, regardless of age, gender, yeah. race, all that sort of stuff, has dignity, value, yeah. worth, and is to be treated as such. Which is a big deal, because in the ancient Near East, right, that would have primarily just been applied to a king. To a king, and, and maybe now, if you're super wealthy, yeah, right? But this is like this massive democratizing exactly. yeah. of dignity. For sure. To, which is like pretty, I don't know, fresh on the scene with the Hebrew scriptures. For sure, right? And even like applying that to our culture right yeah. now, all the values as far as equality and justice come, from, come from image of God. They come yeah. from Genesis 1. Um, you can look up, a lot of atheists yeah. even would agree yeah. with that point. But I think what's really key here is that human beings made in God's image are to be this, to yeah. treat each other as such. What happens post-Genesis 3 after yeah. Adam and Eve fall into temptation yeah. is you have Genesis 4, the first murder. Yeah, Cain the and Abel. first story, East of Eden, yeah. is a picture of injustice. Injustice, and exactly. Where we're not humans, Cain and Abel, or Cain in particular, yeah. treating his brother Abel as an image bearer of God. And this only just spiraled out of control as you read yeah. the rest of the yeah, narrative. Violence gets worse and worse yes. until the flood. Until the flood. And that's exactly Genesis 6. Yeah. What grieves the heart of God is that now, instead of image bearers blessing and filling God's world with Sharing shalom, his image. yes, what fills the earth is the language of Genesis 6 is violence yeah. and it grieves God's heart. So you have the story of the flood and then post that, you know, God responds with this plan through one family yeah. to, be, to bring blessing back to the world. The family of Abraham, right? But he introduces these concepts of justice yes. and righteousness uh, at that point. At that Mishan point, yes. Sedekah, yeah, so which are really important Hebrew terms. For sure. So in Genesis 18, the first time we see this pairing is Genesis 18, verse 19, is that God says, I've chosen Abraham and his family yeah. to keep the way of the Lord by doing two things, righteousness and justice, Sedekah and Mishpat. Twin pairing you see all throughout. They're used all the time. Uh, and often we think of it as like personal righteousness. Mm -hmm. But there's this very interesting play between these I two. Between the two. And I think importantly to, to talk about biblically, righteousness means community life with all relationships, uh, with God, others, self, and creation that's well-ordered, full of shalom, the Hebrew word for peace, where yeah. all things are flourishing as God designed them to be. So there's an ordering, living into that order yes. relationally, which leads to peace and flourishing. Exactly, and a righteous person then is yeah. one who contributes to such life. Okay. On the kind of the flip side or the other pairing of that word yeah. justice, doing justice, one way to describe it, is inconveniencing yourself for the sake of the other. In mm. particular, in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the worthless person yeah. or the one that's low on the societal totem pole, if you will. So like the widow, the orphan, the stranger and the poor, kind of those four become like the, the big four that the Hebrew prophets in particular really call Israel to yeah. do justice uh, towards. So sort of the frame of justice in that sort of sense is to actually advocate yes. for the flourishing of the marginalized or those who might be 
suffering or struggling exactly. in that context. Exactly. And in context here in particular, the family of Abraham, Genesis 18, is called to be this yeah. kind of family that does righteousness yeah. and justice. And this is like the calling, right? He becomes the, the head of the family. Exactly. Totally. So, I mean, this is a really big deal to say, hey, this is what you should be about. For sure. Exactly. And so as God rescues this family out of slavery, out of injustice, by yeah. the way, uh, God brings Israel to the foot of Mount Sinai. And yeah. as part of that... So he exits frees them from slavery in Egypt. In Egypt, yes, yeah. exactly. So under injustice from Pharaoh, yeah. delivers them out of slavery, yeah. brings them to the foot of the mountain, Mount Sinai, yeah. and there gives them his law, his Torah, yeah. his instruction. Good. And a huge key part of that Torah yeah. or instruction is provisions and guidelines and instructions to do exactly this, yeah. righteousness and justice. Which is interesting, right? Because we often skip over this, but there's yes. some pretty radical provisions, 100%. right? Caring for the marginalized, mm -hmm. the foreigner, the widow, those who are powerless, there's even the Jubilee, the Jubilee right? Where it's yeah. like every 50 years, it's like basically redistribute land and stuff yes. so that people have what they need and all slaves are set free. For sure, exactly. And when you really spend time looking at the Hebrew law or the law, which is yeah. great bedtime reading, yeah. <laughs> but when you actually take time to look at it and really kind of do a little bit of study, it takes a little yeah. bit of work, but do yeah. some study, you begin to see like exactly what you're saying, the radical nature yeah. of what God was advocating Israel to be a community that was very, if I might say it like this, progressive as yeah. far as their you know, justice in society yeah. and the way that they treated the vulnerable populations yeah. in their communities. And yet, it seems to me, from what I can tell, Israel never practiced yes. the Jubilee. Yeah. And they neglected a lot of these practices of righteousness and justice. For sure. Which leads to exile. And the prophets say a lot. I remember exactly. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 58, 5 through 6. Is not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds mm. of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to yeah. break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Yeah, for sure. And that just echoes and repeated. That's one of the key things that you read the biblical prophets. Yeah. They're constantly railing against Israel's leaders and the people themselves yeah. for their lack of doing tzedakah and mishpat yeah. in society. And so what ends up happening then, like you mentioned, Israel goes off into exile. There's again, this longing and anticipation yeah. for God to redeem and rescue his people, that they might experience right, good rulership under mm -hmm. himself, Yahweh, yeah. where he does as king, Sedekat and Mishpat himself. Yeah. And so Jesus comes onto the scene, yeah. fulfilling this promise, fulfilling this yeah. hope from the Hebrew prophets to the point where kind of his first public sermon or speech, yeah. if you Luke will, four. Luke 4, Isaiah, or Jesus quotes from Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah 61, yeah. which is referencing back to what you mentioned yeah. a moment ago, the Jubilee year, right? Yeah. Isaiah He's 61. Sort of initiating this Jubilee sense of, freedom and end of oppression yes. and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's direct yeah. Jubilee language from the Torah, from the old Testament. Yeah. And in particular, you read and, and study the life and ministry of Jesus, especially in Luke's gospel, all of the sort of, yeah. we might consider justice language totally. is really kind of amped up and brought yeah. to the surface. And the story of the good Samaritan. Exactly. What does it look like to love our neighbor, right? To have mercy. For sure. Totally. And so when Jesus is kind of forming his disciples, kind of calling people to follow him, a key, key fundamental part of that is becoming the kind of person who, like Jesus, yeah. does righteousness and justice, yeah. especially in those moments and yeah. places where there's vulnerable people that are, yeah. are facing pressure. And that's pressure. part of what Jesus means when he says to love your neighbor. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. I think, again, you mentioned the Good Samaritan story. You read yeah. that whole story in context. That's not just like, you know, a fun verse to memorize or make yeah. me feel it's good. It's a radically challenging exactly. story. Totally. For yeah. sure. And even to the point later when Paul in Ephesians 2 talks about we are saved by grace through faith. It's mm. not of our own doing. So that we might do good works, he later goes on mm. to say. And so a lot of biblical scholars point out 
that phrase or that moniker, good works, in the New Testament, in yeah. the Pauline literature, is really shorthand for care for the poor. Yeah. And so there's all these other examples yeah. and the ways that phrase is That's used. That's not something Paul didn't care about. Exactly. That was a key fundamental theme for him. Galatians 2, he talks about the one thing he was eager to do was yeah. care for the poor. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, we've talked about this a little bit yeah. too, is that Paul is calling the church in Corinth to care for the, the church yeah. in Jerusalem that was financially poor. Yeah. And then James riffs on this. James riffs on this, totally. So he taught James talks about in James three about, you know, you show favoritism to the wealthy and the rich in your mm -hmm. gathering, but then you neglect the poor. That's not what Jesus has called us mm -hmm. to do. And so there's all that sort of imagery and, and stuff at play as yeah. well. But really, as you kind of keep working through the New Testament, you can't get away from this this call to be a person of justice. Yeah. It's just embedded into what it means to be a disciple yeah. of so, Jesus. So then what does that look like as we shift to our lives yeah. in a culture where virtue signaling yeah. is like a very real thing? Maybe you can define sure, that. Sure, yeah. Um, where you sort of like, you know, you want to post something. Yeah. And so that you seem like you're just, when in reality, you might just be posting something as a way of saying, I'm really, I care about these things, but you're not really doing anything. For sure, yeah. And I think what's really key here is that we live in this really interesting moment where there is this pull and this tension to want to maybe showcase publicly, you know, your advocacy for X, Y, and Z, which yeah. probably isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Some of those causes are good. Really good and really important that Jesus followers should, you know, jump on to a certain degree. But at the same time, the call of scripture, the call of Jesus is also to become the kind of person mm. that is just. Yeah. That where Jesus talks about the transformation of our heart, yeah. our character, our virtue, yeah. like who we are from the inside out. So this is really the matters. righteousness and justice. They go, t they go yeah. together. And I think sometimes in our cultural moment, we have to be careful of just kind of outwardly showcasing, oh, mm -hmm. I'm on the right team or I have the right cause mm -hmm. without actually paying attention to our own hearts, our yeah. motives, yeah. who, how we actually treat people that maybe, you know, aren't doing the right cause yeah. might be an indicator of mm -hmm. where our hearts might be. And I think when we're talking about biblical justice, we want to, yes, do the right thing, yeah. but also become the, the right, right person, people. right people yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I think one of the things that stands out to me is, especially living in Pacific Grove, mm. How easy it is to sort of forget yeah. that like this world can be a really unjust place. Yeah, for sure. Right? You sit, it's beautiful, yeah. nice houses, yeah. um, and you realize like, oh, I've forgotten mm. that there's a whole world out there yeah. that God cares about. For and sure. Maybe I should care about. Totally. Uh, and I think part of the call, at least for me, for justice, living in PG is to pay attention to one, the places of pain. Mm -hmm. So where are the places of pain or injustice in my world yeah. that I see or maybe don't see? For sure. Um, and then also like what's going on outside of this space? Yeah. yeah. What are causes that God might care about? Maybe I can read the newspaper yeah. in a different way. Maybe sure. I can pay attention, go out of my normal rhythms in order to be exposed to mm -hmm. real problems for sure. in yeah. the world and allow myself to be touched or affected yeah, by that. Yeah, for sure. I think as we thinking about this and living this out practically, we're recognizing that number one, we're anticipating a day when God will take away all the injustice yeah. and all of the pain and all of the, the yeah. selfishness that we have done as humans yeah. and in the new creation. And at the same time, right here, right now, we get to embody that yeah. as Jesus did, did for us. Yeah. And becoming, we get to anticipate the kingdom, mm -hmm. the justice of the kingdom in our actions today. For sure, yeah. And it's a really important call, and I think it's vital for us as disciples of Jesus yeah. to lean into that. So. What um, if you were to give like a couple practical or one practical tip? What would you say? Yeah, I think there's a couple things. Real briefly, is that I've kind of already alluded to this, but 
becoming the kind of person that embodies justice. Mm -hmm. Character matters for sure. So yeah. this is getting at this idea where we're not just doing a whole bunch of things just mm -hmm. to check them off or to advocate for certain causes. Yeah. That's important, yeah. but also paying attention to our heart. Mark Sayers has this line where often in our culture, we want the kingdom without the king, mm -hmm. which we, it's a shorthand way of getting at, we wanna do all the right justice causes without Jesus in the mm -hmm. mix. Yeah. And I think as followers of Jesus, it sounds so simple, is keeping Jesus at the forefront of our minds and of our idea yeah. of what it means to become the kinds of people that do justice. Um, I think also too, like exactly what you're saying is paying attention to what else is happening yeah. in the world. I think it's really easy to just focus in on my own story, yeah. my own life, my own problems. Yeah. And there's a place for that that's important. Yeah. But I think being very intentional, whether that is, you know, reading the news, expanding your horizon a little bit yeah. about that. Obviously there's practices with that as yeah. well that you need to pay attention sure. to. But really being intentional, what does it look like for you to kind of expand sort of your bubble, if you will, yeah. as far as what else is happening out in yeah. the world and praying into that. Yeah. God, make my, there's that old song we sometimes sing growing up in the church, break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm. And it's becoming that kind yeah. of person where God is grieved like Genesis six yeah. by the violence that's happening yeah. before the flood. And God grieves over injustice in our world today too. Yeah. And it's praying into that. God, break my heart for yeah. what is really breaking your heart and let yeah. me live into that. Yeah. So. yeah, I think there's that, that multiple components. It's like willingness to see, mm. right? There's yeah. in the story of the Good Samaritan, there's the first two, the priest and the yeah. Levite cross the other side. Like, are you willing to see? Yeah. The first thing he does is he sees and then he has compassion. For sure, yeah. So yeah. are we willing to see mm. and then be affected, be affected by that, yeah. By the pain and injustice in the world. Yeah. Two, are we willing to respond to it mm. either in prayer or in action? Yeah. And I think we should all have some injustice that we're aware of yeah. in the world that we're praying for, for sure. that we're aware of, that we're giving money to, that we're contributing to. Yeah, for level. sure. Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Cool. cool. Thanks, man. Yep.